We're glad that you're here this morning. Christmas is the joy of brotherhood, of giving, of sharing, of lifting, of caring, and of being what Christ wants us to be. When Christ was born, it brought God to man, but it took his death on the cross to bring man to God. Good quotes, good quotes. All right. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So today's lesson is entitled, When God Stepped Down. Uh, it's pretty unusual for us to have a Christmas lesson. Very unusual. Usually the Christmas lesson falls on the third Sunday, and then we have our program that Sunday. So this is a pretty rare thing. And uh, Brother Stefano gets the privilege of teaching the rare lesson this morning. Okay, so let's pray for him. All right, when God stepped down, let's sing 193 in the hymn book this morning. Thou didst leave thy throne. I'm glad he came. All right, 193. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. Heaven's arch. 
last verse is the hope of all Christians. And uh, thank you, Crystal. The coming is over. The death on the cross is over. And now the next thing is the rapture. <laughs> and uh, we're so looking forward to that. Next great world event. Okay. All right. We're going to look to the Lord in prayer this morning. Uh, there are many needs. Uh, I was thinking about all the families this time of year that have lost loved ones, people that we know. Uh, so uh, let's, let's remember them today. I'm thinking especially of uh, the Whitmer family and uh, Beachels and all those involved in that family. Uh, let's remember them uh, today. And uh, remember the sick. Remember those that we don't see here anymore. And they're not all gone to heaven. There are many that are sick and not able to get out. And uh, getting closer to heaven, aren't we all? But let's remember those that we, their seats are empty. And uh, we remember, we remember them this morning. And uh, remember the the less fortunate at this time of year. A lot of people really suffer this time of year, financially and emotionally. And uh, I was uh, lamenting a little bit myself yesterday over a couple of things. And then I got to thinking, you know what? Even in the state that I feel like I'm in right now, uh, I'm a whole lot better off than... Uh, than many more people, so physically, financially, in many ways, and I think we could all say amen to that. We have a roof over our head, people don't today, and we could just go on and on. So let's remember the less fortunate, let's pray for them. Remember our missionaries at this time of year. Some of them come home, but not all of them, and I, I'm thinking of some this morning that Let's put it this way. I've not seen them in about 40 years. They may have come home a couple of times, but there are missionaries that very rarely ever come home. And so let's remember them because I'm sure they have some longings this time of year uh, to be with family and friends. Let's remember them. Uh, let's remember our services this morning. Remember Brother Stefano as he teaches and all of our teachers down there. Remember our uh, bus ministry on Sunday evenings. And remember our services. Now, any of you have any special requests that you'd like to mention? All right. All right. All right. Let's remember Sister Kohler's family. Stefano's sister, rehab. How many physical needs today? Maybe not you, but you know someone in your family. Physical needs, and we could raise our hands for spiritual needs and uh, many, other, many other needs we have this morning. Uh, anyone else with a special request? All right, let's all stand. Let's all pray together this morning and ask the Lord to, to help us and answer these prayers. Father, we thank you for this 
wonderful day. We're so glad that we can be in your house on this Christmas Eve. We're thankful, Lord, for the giving of your Son and for our salvation. And I pray that you would just help us this time of year as we concentrate a little bit more on why you came and why you died. And we are so thankful this morning for your blessings. Thankful for where we are. We're glad that we can be in your house today. Glad that we can worship you. There are many that can't be, many in our own number here in our church that used to be faithful to the services. Uh, they're not able to be out anymore. I pray that you would help them in a special way. And we think of Sister Kohler's sister's family, Lord, and the very urgent need. Uh, it doesn't matter how urgent the need is. Nothing's too hard for you this morning. You are able to meet every need that we have. Remember Brother Stefano's sister in rehab. I pray that you would make it a, a good experience and help her to recover quickly and get back on her feet. Lord, you're able. You're able to touch those, Lord, of our number. There may be some here this morning that are dealing with physical issues, even as we're praying. Lord, you're able to touch and you're able to help. Lord, you know about the missionaries around the world. They're not able to come home, many of them. And I pray that you would help them this Christmas season and to uh, draw closer to you, bless their work as they work for you. And, and then, Lord, we think about those that are less fortunate than what we are, many, 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 all around the world. I pray that you would just help and have your way with them today. May they sense your blessed presence. Uh, Lord, as we enter into the services today, we need your help. Brother DeStefano, as he teaches up here, all of our teachers uh, downstairs, give them strength as they work with our young people and our children. I pray that you would help our bus ministry on Sunday nights, Lord, to be with those that are working with the young people and the children that come time after time. Lord, I pray that you would help their families. And may we see souls one because of this effort. Lord, bless our young people. Help them, Lord, those that are away for Christmas, that they might be a blessing to their families. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you're going to do. I pray that you would help us now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, I'm looking for birthdays. There we go. December 27, Archer Steen. December 30th, Carol Ulrich. Let's happy birthday to all of those. All right, let's remember tomorrow, happy birthday, Jesus. All right, in all of our celebrations, whether it be today, tomorrow, or next week, uh, let's, uh, let's remember the reason for the season. I had, a, I had an opportunity to visit just for a few minutes last night uh, with a gentleman from the country of Ghana. He came to our house there to, to purchase a little something that I had for sale. And uh, I noticed right away that uh, he had a dialect that was a little bit different. He spoke English very well, but it, it was different, okay? And so I, I asked him where he was from, 
And he said, from the country of Ghana. And he had, he had been in the country only a year. His, wi his wife had been here for a little bit longer. She is studying in college. I think he told me what it was, but I don't remember now. Uh, but uh, I, I was able to just share a little bit, okay? Just a little bit of the Christmas season. And he really wanted to come today to get his item. And so he wanted to know about my faith. So just the few, the few minutes that I had with him. And that's what it's all about, just sharing our faith and, and uh, sharing about the Christmas story. Uh, they were going to put up their tree today and all that, but uh, I, I was just thankful for the opportunity of sharing God. The lesson says, when God stepped down, key verse, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14, and the central truth of our lesson, Christ the living word was the greatest revelation of God to man. Just before I sit down, we have two announcements. Candlelight service tonight at 6, and then next Sunday night, communion service at our regular service time of 6.30. So let's remember those. Ushers will come, take the morning Sunday school offering. We'll turn the Sunday school over to Brother DeStefano. to get another x-ray this coming week, so they'll see what's going on there. If anything's, everything's cleared up, I hope. All right. Good to see you here today, everybody. Let's be praying one for another. Yes. <coughs> Let's ask the Lord to help us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this Christmas Eve day. Help us to remember the real meaning of the season. And uh, celebrate that and be encouraged about that. And uh, help us to know you better. Help us in our lesson this morning. I need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're in our studies in Romans, the book of Romans. <clears throat> the great book of Romans. And the lesson today is when God stepped down, Jesus came to earth in the most humble way. That way he relates to the most humble living now. The key verse, again, is the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, John 1.14. Christ, the living word, the central truth, was greatest revelation of God to man the greatest revelation of God to man. 
So we start out with John 1.1, 1, 1, and the beginning was the Word. Well, <clears throat> words are important. Jesus spoke words from the book of Deuteronomy to defeat the enemy, Satan, in the wilderness. He said, it is written. That's all it took to get rid of Satan. In those days, he quoted the scripture. Does that give you an idea that Jesus believes that the scripture is important and powerful? Jesus himself used the word of God, the written word. The written word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, cutting. Yeah. Say the wrong word nowadays, and it could make you lose your job. You think words aren't powerful? Words are powerful. Everything in this world was created just by being spoken. Spoken word in the beginning, Genesis, way back in the book of Genesis. We were studying about Walt Whitman, the poet, the other day in class. I was walking around the class with my coffee cup. Hot coffee, and the kid said, is that black coffee? Yeah, he says, it's hot coffee. Yeah, it's very hot. And uh, this kid's sitting over here, he says, uh, that's disgusting, or something like that. Well, I, I don't know why he said that. The kid was a problem anyway. He Later on, he left the class. Teacher kind of pulled him out of class. Assistant teacher there, teacher's aide, pulled him out of class. He says, I don't know why he said that. That's disgusting. <laughs> but I told these kids, I said, words are powerful. You know? Powerful things. And um, Walt Whitman, of course, he used power, used words, the power of words. He wrote and rewrote, and he ended up with 300 and some poems in his book uh, that he wrote, book of poems. No rhyming. People didn't like that about Walt Whitman's writing because his poems didn't have any rhyming. Uh, he was different, different guy. When his brother was injured during the Civil War, he went to Washington and nursed his brother, and then he started nursing other soldiers down. He was a nurse, Walt Whitman. All right, a little bit of interesting stuff about the writer, Walt Whitman. In our lesson, in the beginning was the Word. Capital W-O-R-D. <coughs> and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you want to understand God's word, try to know Jesus better. Because he is the word. You get confused about the book of Revelation? Know Jesus better, and you may learn more about the book of Revelation. And uh, we see here in the scripture that <coughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, 
God said. The power of words. Their creation, all that the earth was created in the beginning, all of space. And the word, of course, here, the word word is capitalized here, refers to deity. We learned that in junior high or somewhere that when you use the word God or Jesus, it's to be capitalized because it's the deity, you see. The word was with God and he is God. The same was the beginning with God. Now someone may question <clears throat> if this is talking about Jesus. <coughs> the same, that is the one we are talking about here, Christ, was in the beginning with God. All right. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So we're looking at the book of John here. We're not, we're not looking at the birth of Jesus story in uh, Luke. We're looking at the book of John here. And um, here we have this, the all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Um... Again, the emphasis is on the almighty power of Christ the Son. He created it all, and he is God in the flesh. Nothing's left out. He created it all. Nothing was left out. Created it all. I was uh, looking at a little video on my computer about the sun. And uh, can you imagine it's 93 million miles away? And in July, it feels like it's really a lot closer than that. In a way, it is because the sun where Earth is tilting towards, this part of the Earth is tilting towards the sun. So it's a little closer. And uh, it is a terrible, powerful star. It's only one of the stars, because there are many stars out there. Many suns out in the cosmos of space. And the one that's closest to us is the one that gives us life-giving rays of sun, you gardeners. Yeah. If you have to go out and get your snow blower out in the, in the wintertime, you're happy if a little sunshine comes down and helps you out a little bit. Power, terrible power, far-flung cosmos that were all created. <coughs> Jesus, creator, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. <coughs> and in him was life, and the life was the light of men. There's a lot in that verse. And um, because he is life, he gives wisdom and understanding to all mankind. If you have life in you, you have understanding. 
and he gives us the ability to think and reason. And God reasons with us. How could he create? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. How could he create such wonders? Because Jesus himself is the very essence of life. Life is in him in its fullness. Even the most embryonic little baby. All forms, all of life forms, comes from God. And um, we have a world of darkness, don't we, sometimes? We see a lot of darkness around us. <clears throat> People don't know the Lord. People are in the dark. And uh, thinking themselves wise, they become fools. They don't even want to... <laughs> they don't even want to believe in science, that there are two X chromosomes... I think I have it right, for every male or every female, and an XY chromosome for every male. That's just the way it is, folks. And uh, I, uh, I see these kids in the public school, a couple, not very many. And there's this one girl, she comes up to me and she says, now can I see the roster, the list of students, you know? because she wants to cross out her name and put like a boyish name in there. I think he puts in Will instead of her na real name. She does it. She's very adamant about that. But you see, God made no mistake making her a girl. We don't need to get down on our knees and say, you made a mistake making me what I am. God is God. Look at the definition of God in the dictionary, please and see who God is supposed to be and what he is supposed to be. He's perfect and excellent and right in all that he does. He never makes a mistake. He's God. Never does anything wrong. But they have no knowledge. God is not in all their thoughts, as Scripture says. So, um, he is light and shines in darkness. People are in the dark. And the darkness doesn't overcome it. It comprehends it not. Darkness does not overcome the light. <clears throat> I asked for a new flashlight for Christmas. I hate it when I don't have a really good, working, powerful flashlight. How about you? Because I don't see things very well anymore, I guess. You know, I really want to see things. You need to fix something, you need to have a light, a good light. You don't want a light because the light does not comprehend, the light comprehends. The darkness does not comprehend the light. <coughs> Sight is a wonderful gift, isn't it? Yes. To be able to see the world around you is a wonderful gift, the gift of sight. You know, darkness hinders understanding. The Bible says, knowledge is easy to him that understands. And uh, if I'm quoting it right, 
ask the Lord for wisdom. And uh, if you have wisdom, you have understanding. <coughs> the darkness of the world is sin. Darkness of the world and sin. And people are trying to push it on us, you know, trying to push this stuff on us. And uh, a lot of people are resisting. Oh, I'm not going to go along with this. I don't believe in this. I'm not going to go along with it. And so they fight back against some of the stupidity that's being foisted on us by people of darkness. We must trust the word of God. We must. I noticed, and I hope there aren't too many Catholics watching, but I noticed lately that the Pope is saying, oh, we're going bless same-sex marriage. No, you can't. Excuse me? Have you ever heard of the Bible? The Bible's very clear. Very clear. That is not in God's economy. Excuse me. When you get away from the word of God, you really get away from truth. You really get away from light. And you walk in darkness and you lead other people in darkness. The power of the word of God, it comprehends. The darkness does not comprehend it. <coughs> Talks about John the Baptist now in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was sent. You know that? All of God's ministers are sent. Might be sent to your local church. Might be sent to the mission field, as was mentioned this morning. Might be sent to some other place where you work, where you are ministering to people. And you know that Jesus said he was the best man that was ever born? Do you ever notice that? that? Do you ever see that verse? That's a tremendous verse. Jesus actually said, among them that are born of women, there not, hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. He said he's the greatest man ever born. See that? It's in Scripture. Jesus said it. That's a true, uh, uh, that's a verse that Takes some real thought, let me tell you. But this man was sent from God, was John the Baptist. And all of God's great ministers are sent. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And that's how you do this. You get the children. You go knock on doors and get the children to come to Junior church, because you're spreading, you are a witness. And you have to really know this transformation experience yourself, which is obtained by repentance and receiving Christ as Savior. You don't obtain it from some church ritual. You get it from repentance from sin, turning away from sin, following Christ, and receiving Christ as your Savior. And then you know, then you're a witness, you see. 
That's why we have testimonies in church. Because you're testifying to something that you have. And it's just simply saying, I know I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad, I'm glad my heart's been cleansed. You need to say much more? Not a whole lot more. The gospel is spread by witnesses, those who have personally experienced a transformation obtained by repentance and receiving Christ as Savior. He came for a witness. John saw himself, you know, he saw himself as a bearer of light. And he preached that truth fearlessly. And um, <clears throat> because Jesus came, and because he also preached salvation, all men, all, all people, believed. Verse 8, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. All the pastors and evangelists are sent to give witness, to bear witness of the light. And they're still bearing witness of that light. John was a messenger. We can still see people get saved. We can still see people get saved. Um, and enlightened by salvation. And then when we're saved, we keep in the word of God. We read it. We apply it to our lives. Sometimes I say to myself, Lord, or I say to the Lord, help me find something in your word for me today. You know where I am today. You know what's going on. Help me find something in your word that will really guide me today. Usually I find something. You know, usually something that's really applying to me right now. Isn't that wonderful? As a Christian, you can have that wonderful privilege. <clears throat> because Jesus came and because he preached salvation, all men, all people believed. Verse 8, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Um, <clears throat> verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Verse 9, we're starting a new section here in verse 9. First section was the eternal Christ. The second section of our lesson is the incarnate Christ coming as a human. And um, are there some people that you doubt may, may never get saved? You ever get that feeling? Sometimes you feel like, oh, I won't ever get saved. They have no light. I think about my relatives up in New England, in Massachusetts, I think. Liberal Massachusetts, can God do anything? Yes, he can. God can do it anywhere. He can do it in New York City. Sometimes I put on a little video on my computer when I'm bored at school and the kids are working on something. I'll put on a little, uh, little tour of New York City and just watching people walking on 6th Avenue or someplace, all those. I don't know where these people are coming from. So many people. And what are they doing? They're going here and going there. Traffic's going and 
people are shop carrying shopping bags and <coughs> and all the Christmas decorations and everything. It's really nice. I kind of like it. I like New York City. You probably think I'm crazy. I like New York City. I like the excitement of it. I like having some excitement in life. I don't want to be bored. <laughs> all these, I think to myself, where all these people come from? What are they doing here? What are all those people doing there? You think New York City is all just a few people walking around because everybody's scared of being smacked around or being hit or shot or something? No, the streets are loaded with people. And how many of them really know the Lord? How many of them? And uh, is anybody trying to reach them? Sometimes you might think, I mean, are there some people you, whom you doubt they will ever be saved? But scripture here tells us that everyone will be given the light. You see that? Light, every man, every man that cometh into the world, every man, boy, girl, woman, everyone will be given the light. The Holy Spirit will make sure of that. Oh, yes. It says it's right here. Holy Spirit will see to it that this scripture is absolutely fulfilled. <laughs> and yes, there will be false lights that will no doubt appear. But Christ is the true light. The true light. Yep. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The man who healed, preached, raised the dead, died on the cross, is Christ. He really was in our world. He was on this earth. Jesus was. There in the Roman Empire. We're reading the book of Romans. And he was right there in the Roman Empire. The great empire of the world at that time reaching out to all areas, even all the way up into England and in the world where Jesus walked. This was the Romans. And uh, you can go to Rome and see the ruins <coughs> of what Rome was at one time. The empire started out as a republic every day in school and to the republic for which it stands, we say in school every day. We live in a republic. Well, they had a republic at one time. What is a republic? Well, a republic means you don't all go in a bus, get on a bus, get down to Washington, and vote on the bills that are in Congress. No, you send somebody. That's a republic. Okay? You have somebody representing you. You voted for them. Use all the wisdom you can, by the way, when you vote for somebody. Because they're talking to for you. And if they if you vote for somebody who is doesn't have not in their right mind, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you own them. And uh, maybe it could be so uncharitable to say, you deserve him. <laughs> but we've got people in DC right now. They're just plain wrong. 
They're evil. They're wicked. They don't know the word of God. God is not in all their thoughts. And uh, so they're doing some really zany things. Um, so you need to really pray about who you vote for. For whom will you vote? And um, so here we are. Jesus. He preached and raised the dead. Everything he touched in the world and all that he did not touch in the world was made by him. We emphasize that again. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he humbled himself. <coughs> I don't see Jesus striving to, make, to be famous. I don't think he was really striving and trying to be famous and get a big name. He got a big name anyway. Crowds of people followed him all over the place. Crowds of people. But the world really did not know who he really was. A lot of them did not know who he really was. Even his disciples didn't really comprehend all of that he was. He came to his own, his Jewish people, his own people. His own received him not. <laughs> Uh, so I was in a public school years ago at another school district, and I said, uh, we were talking about, you know, there's a lot in history about the church and, re and religious process. Yeah, and I said, well, Jesus was a Jew, and this kid who didn't know any thought. No, he wasn't. He was a Christian. <laughs> Just shows you, you know, how people think. You know what I mean? Uh, Jesus was a Jew. He came to his own Jewish people. And they did not receive him. His own, and even his own Jewish family. His own were the Pharisees and the temple leaders. They were his own too, and they received him not. They feared him. They looked upon him with suspicion. They rejected him, finally, to the Romans. Turned him over to the Romans, to the heathen, people who worshipped the emperor, the Romans, you know. They turned him over to them. And, uh, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power. See that word? To them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Those who demonstrated Faith in Christ were given, 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 given. He continues to give us and give us and give us and give us. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Christ showed himself as a living, giving Savior. He gave them a wonderful thing. He gave them power. We have power in prayer. We can pray and we can expect that things will happen. We have faith. Remember the band in the Bible? Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, help me. Help my weak faith. Help me to believe better. It was the power to become the sons of God. 
Wow. They believed that he was Christ, and they owned that name. What's the name in Hebrew? Yeshua. Yeshua HaMoshiach, I believe it is, in Hebrew. They believe that name. He is Yeshua, Joshua, the Christ. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They were not born by some repetitious ritual in some church ritual. They weren't born from that. They were born from the will of man. They're not from the will of man, but the will of God, you see. <coughs> My grandfather, who came from Italy, he served in the military in Italy. He was a, uh, in the uh, Coast Guard. Uh, many, many, many years ago, way back before the, probably before the turn of the last century, probably back in the late 1800s. And uh, he was from the Adriatic side of Italy on the Adriatic Sea. And um, Grandpa Delia. So he came here. I told you about this before, probably. He came here, worked in the railroad or the coal mines or something, probably the railroad, went to, to a church because they didn't have any money to go to the movies. Back in those days, they didn't have any sound in the movies. They had the piano, you know, or the organ or something to play, go along with the movie screen, you know. But they didn't have a nickel to go to the Nickelodeon, I guess they called it back in the day. So someone said, let's go over here to this church. Let's, let's go over there and watch what they do. You know, I guess they thought they'd be loud and running around and be entertained. And Grandpa got saved. Became... A Christian gave his heart to the Lord that night and became a Methodist pastor. Grandpa Delia. Well, uh, of course, on the other side of the family, on my father's side of the family, they were nominal Catholics. They maybe went to church once in a while, you know. They knew some of the rituals and, and they knew about going to confession and stuff like that. And uh <coughs> My dad, who was later became a Christian, because he read the Bible, he was given a Bible in the military. He was in the military during World War II, and uh, got someone gave me Gideon's Bible, and he got saved. And um, so he wasn't really a, a Catholic, really. And uh, so when he was a boy, he went in the Roman Church, and went forward and had communion. You know how they do. Every time they have the Mass, they have the communion. And he went forward to the communion and went home and told his family. They said, did you go to confession before you went to communion? No, he didn't know anything about that. Oh, no, you should have gone to confession first, you know, before you went to communion, you know. Nobody took him to church. He just walked into church on his own, you know. So people have these wrong ideas about things, how things are supposed to be done as far as knowing the Lord. You're not born of the rituals. You're born of God. <coughs> you're not born because you're born into the royal family of England or some other royal family. No. You're not born because of some 
strained hope, not because of some will of man. You're born of true royalty. You're born of God, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Amen. As many as received them, then them and gave power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Whatever God Christ spoke, it is the word of God. Whatever he spoke, it's the word of God. And he talks about, he says, he talked to, he says, you refer to me back, I think he said, if I have it right, in the, in the Psalms and in the prophets, they talk about me. So he's honoring the Old Testament too. He said, I didn't come here to get rid of the Old Testament or get rid of the law. I came to fulfill it. Don't let somebody say, well, the Old Testament doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. The Word was made flesh. Christ is the embodiment of all truth. He embodies truth. Christ revealed his glory to John and to others in the Mount of the Transfiguration. Transfiguration. He, he saw his magnificent glory. If I'm not mistaken, John was one of the three that was there. John witnessed Christ's grace under pressure and saw his truth when prophecy was fulfilled. I've got more to go here. I'm going to try to hurry up. <coughs> John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Here's another witness of John. John the Baptist, the son of Mary's cousin Elizabeth, declared openly and strongly that Christ is preferred before John the Baptist. Don't worship me, worship Christ. John declares clearly that Jesus existed before him. In verse 16, in the fullness and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. There's nothing lacking in our relationship with Christ. You've received his fullness. You have found him. The one who is empowered to give grace gives us grace. Grace for grace. Well, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Moses gave the law of God's will. He gave it to it by God's will. Grace that speaks of unearned and willfully provided Goodness came by Christ. Christ willfully gives us goodness and grace. All truth is confirmed and is given to us by Christ through his word. All truth. All truth. You know, you see things through the lens of the Bible. That's the way you should see things in this life. That's where all the truth is. Doesn't have every little thing in there that happens in our lives nowadays in this world. Cars are not mentioned in the Bible. Uh, you know, different things are not mentioned in the Bible. Even doesn't mention cigarettes in the Bible. <laughs> we know cigarettes are wrong because the temple, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't smoke, and it, it'll kill you. Anyway. All truth is confirmed by the word of God. Verse 18, our last verse in the lesson this morning. <coughs> 
No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. You want to see God? Look upon Jesus. Want to see what God's like? Look at Jesus. Jesus resides at the right hand of the Father and embodied God here on earth. How do we see Christ? Do we see Christ as Savior? Do we see him as Savior? And let us embrace Christ as God, the creator of all things, the source of all truth and grace. That's the way we need to look at Jesus. Thank you for your attention today.